fighting for freedom every day. Republicans right now, the conservatives, which unfortunately, this is what we have to do every time, even after a vote where people are sick and tired of the establishment, they're sick and tired of the squeezy, middle-of-the-road, squishy kind of Republican rhinos, and we vote conservatives in, then we have to fight tooth and nail in D.C. to actually be heard within the Republican Party. This is The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. What up? Darn right it is. Welcome into The Voice of Reason. It is great to have you along today. We are in day number three of the House Speaker votes. Round number 10 has officially kicked off just a minute ago if they haven't started already. Now they're just doing the roll call. Now they have officially done their official nominations again. There are now two Republicans, I'm sorry, three Republicans in total, two challengers to Kevin McCarthy as he continues to lose support. He's now down 22. He started off with down by 19. Now he's down 22. According to the last vote in round number nine, we'll get into all that here in just a second, is obviously that's going to be the ongoing theme for at least today, we'll see how that goes. Uh, welcome in. So welcome into the program, broadcasting live out of the heart of the nation here in Wichita, Kansas, on our flagship radio station. We are all over the country. Radio, TV, live streaming, and podcasting, however you watch or listen to the program. Welcome aboard your Millennial General, reporting for duty like we do every single day. Bottom of the hour, Harlan Ullman. He is the author of the book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad. What is The Fifth Horseman? Who could it be? We'll have that fun conversation coming up at the bottom of the hour. So, obviously, there's a lot to get to. We'll get him on the program. We have the House representatives and their votes. Uh, some new news about negotiations and concessions that Kevin McCarthy has apparently made, but yet it's not winning over the conservatives. In fact, there was the latest uh, piece from uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, the congresswoman out of Colorado, that said there's nothing that Kevin McCarthy can do to win over her vote now. It is done. Finito over and uh, i don't know if that's necessarily a good thing i support the movement i support what they're doing he's conceding on a lot of issues and the conservatives have a better opportunity to hold him accountable for some issues but to just blatantly say no absolutely not you got to be open for con- uh, negotiation you got to be open for conversation and the fact that she's closed down that much almost seems like now a personal vendetta how what will it take to win them over in some way shape or form i'm not saying that she should but I'm saying that you should at least be open to the conversation, but don't be fooled by the elite out of Washington, D.C. We'll get into all that here in just a moment, but there is some other news. And I'm honestly, I'm, I'm, I'm fascinated and I'm shocked, but I'm not shocked all at the same time, if that makes any sense. The media doesn't want to run this because it looks really, really bad for the Biden administration. But it, there has been very little news coverage about this all day. I've been checking the news, obviously working for multiple radio stations. I've been looking at the news headlines, and there has been specifically one report on it. One report on this piece of news. What's trending today? In our What's Trending story of the day today, that the son of El Chapo, Capo Ovidio Guzman, the son of El Chapo, has officially been arrested by the Mexican government. You know, the largest cartel in the country of Mexico. Now, he's been arrested. I guess he was arrested last night. But because of being arrested, all-out war and all-out hell has broken out in the country of Mexico. I was not aware of how strong these guys were. Talking to uh, other individuals who are of uh, Hispanic descent, who are familiar with this, they've been telling me a bit of the stories, and I've been seeing pictures. This is mind-blowing to me about how bad this is down there, and yet the media here, not covering it. Not covering it. Why? We'll get into that in just a second, but this comes at the time that Joe Biden set to go to the border next week for the first time 
as president of the United States, the president is set to go down to the border and actually look at the border and see the massive influx of illegal immigrants coming into the nation. And now with this breaking out, the cartel having some heavy artillery. You can watch some of the videos out there uh, that are floating around. They have 50 cal machine guns that are firing on helicopters of the military and of law enforcement. They've held up airports right now in Mexico, all over the country. They're shooting at airplanes. They're shooting at helicopters. They're blowing up semis and blocking traffic and just running them in the middle of the roadway because it's all war and all hell's broken loose. That's number one. The first thing I take away from this is this is exactly why we have the Second Amendment here in the United States, not just for the government to try to do something like that, but for cartels. Nobody in Mexico is allowed to have a firearm. And I wonder why. And therefore, the cartel can run rampant. And now you have an all-out civil war between the cartels that are probably the most powerful group and organized group uh, of individuals in the country. And then the Mexican government that's trying to take back the country from the cartels that have way too much power and influence and money. Uh, if you remember, this did happen a few years ago, 2019, I believe, when they arrested the son of El Chapo. And the cartels ended up like holding an entire town ransom and threatened to kill everybody, including the women and children, and the government had to let them go. So this is a new plan, a new tactic. They were prepared for this, but it's getting out of hand in all-out civil wars going on in Mexico. We're covering what's going on in Russia and the Ukraine on a daily basis because we apparently have government interests over there. But just south of the border where we have a major interest with our southern border and who's coming into the country uh, regarding you know, drugs or human trafficking or children trafficking or sex trafficking or drug trafficking or gun trafficking or anything else. The Biden administration doesn't seem to care and the media not wanting to put more attention and pressure on the Biden administration to do something about the issue because then he would turn into an evil like Donald Trump sort of individual. Uh, then they just don't want to cover this because this would actually sanction enough for uh, refugees from Mexico to be tr applying for refugee status in the country. If you remember to be a refugee, you have to go to the country next to you. You can't claim refugee status from somebody like Venezuela or in Central America hiking up five different countries through Mexico to come to our border and try to claim refugee status. It doesn't work that way. That's not how the laws are done. Your job is to get the hell out of your country and just whatever's closest to you to run away. Now, many Mexicans actually have the ability to come and claim refugee status. And I would want to bring them in and get away from that madness. The problem that we have right now is we have such open borders is that we're allowing this madness of El Chapo and all these other cartels down in Mexico coming into our U.S. borders. And pretty soon we're going to see the same damn thing And our government and our mainstream media is too focused on Russia and the Ukraine and too focused on this speaker house thing that could take a while. And again, good. I don't really care. They're not focusing on this because this would make the Biden administration look really, really bad. And by the way, for the Biden administration who is planning on going down to the border next week with how violent it's potentially getting with the cartels and the Mexican government. I don't think he's going to be doing it. I don't believe he's going to go down there anyways. Kamala Harris said she was going to as well, and she went down to Texas, at least, and had dinner and then went to California and went and stayed in her luxury suites. She didn't go down to the border. I think the only border that Joe Biden's going to see is going to be the chips and salsa and on the border. Ah, see what I did there? See what I did there? Ha! Welcome into the show. <laughs> Welcome into the show. We got a lot to get to today. Uh, that's what, we'll talk some more about that here in just a little bit. Uh, I do have some news. Is the Biden administration has come out to say he's talking tough on immigration in the nation as he plans his trip down there to see the border. I believe in El Paso, and we'll see how that goes. But uh, what is he actually trying to do, and will it actually solve anything? Probably not. 
but we'll get into that here in just a bit. But of course, let's get into what's going on right now. What's trending today? It's happening as we speak, but round number 10 of voting is ongoing. If you want to hear, listen, I don't know if it's worth listening into at all. They're Davis of North Carolina. Jeffries. As they go through all 435 members of Congress right now to get their names, the latest nominations, uh, which again, as I mentioned, I don't know why they're going back to back. Unless you know somebody's going to change their vote, unless you've talked to somebody and you swayed them and convinced them to do something different, why would you just do it back to back to back? They were talking about ending the session and adjourning after the last vote to renegotiate as negotiations apparently are moving forward slightly, but they didn't. They were rammed right into round number 10. They voted for McCarthy. They nominated McCarthy. They nominated Jeffries, and they nominated uh, Donald again. The uh, uh, Lauren Boebert, Congresswoman from Colorado again, she has nominated a different individual as well. So now we have three Republicans on the ballot and we're dividing ourselves even more now down to 22 Republicans that are fighting against Kevin McCarthy. But the latest with Congresswoman Lupa out of Florida doing the nomination for Donald saying this just a few minutes prior to the show. But I want to clarify something real quick to my colleagues across the aisle. What you're seeing with this discussion does not mean that we are dysfunctional. And in no way, shape, or form will a Democrat ever hold the gavel to a Republican-controlled House. These discussions and dialogues have actually been good for the American people. And although the media tries to pit us against each other, I can tell you that it's been something that we need as a country. There are people that are frustrated with this process. Byron, through this entire time, has done something that I think most leaders should do more of, and that is listen. Respect people when they're talking. Understand the needs of the American people. Be willing to take negotiations, but also to, to realize when is a proper time to stand your ground on certain things. I asked my colleagues today to support him. I think he's an incredible representation of what this country is, and that is exactly why he has my vote for Speaker of the House. Thank you. There it is. All right. So that was the nomination of Byron Donalds again on the Republican side from Congresswoman Lupa out of the state of Florida. And I agree with her. I agree with her. This is, again, with all the media mayhem that's going on right now, don't be kerfluffled by it. Don't be upset about it. Don't think that the Republican Party is being torn. Obviously, there are some high emotions going on right now, but it's nothing bad. This is a conversation that needs to be had. And while we complain with 57 percent of Americans, like we reported yesterday on the latest polls, showing that they don't believe Congress is going to do anything productive anyways, why go at the same old, same old? Let's have the conversation, the tough talk, and move things and steer things further in a different direction. Shake things up in the system just a little bit. According to uh, some of the latest conversations, the whispers going internally right now with what could be happening behind the scenes with concessions, Kevin McCarthy getting a little frustrated, obviously, you know, already having moved, been moved into the Speaker's office just days before even the vote happened because he just was sure that they were bluffing and weren't going to actually stand against him. How could they do something like that, shake up the system and not go with the flow in the establishment in Washington, D.C.? Uh, that he's made some more concessions on many issues. The conservatives said, that's the whole point of this. Making some concessions. Hey, if you're going to be speaker, then we want to hold you accountable on certain issues. Make sure you don't waver and falter and give up on issues quickly and make sure that you're actually going to do what you say you're going to do. And conservatives taking full advantage of that with apparently part of the negotiations that are ongoing include the motion to oust the speaker. If they do something that we don't like, it only takes one individual from the caucus, from the party, the Republican Party, one 
to file a motion to remove him as Speaker of the House. Just one. I don't know the last time that's actually, that's actually happened. They're promoting term limits in, uh, in allowing bills that have term limits to go through the House of Representatives. That's amazing. Why wouldn't we do something like that? That is how we're going to change things. If you want the tough talk, those that believe in the Convention of States movement, those that want government to be a little bit more controlled and contained, this is how you do it. The regular motions of just waiting for the general floor to vote on things, where the Democrats are going to vote no, you got the moderates are going <coughs> to, excuse me, that are going to vote no, and the few conservatives that vote yes, and then we never win on anything. This is how you do it. Bully them and pull them in the direction because that's how Democrats get their agenda day in and day out. Promoting term limits, promoting the motion to oust the Speaker, and allowing more conservatives in the House Rules Committee, which if you don't know, the House Rules Committee is what essentially allows just about every bill onto the floor of the House of Representatives. And if we get more control in that committee, can you imagine what bills we can stop? And what bills that we can actually allow onto the floor, we can actually stop the omnibus packages that are just endless spending for government under the House that's supposed to have the power of the purse. We can actually stop those maddening bills with more influence in that House Rules Committee. I see this as an extremely good move. And it sounds like Kevin McCarthy's willing to start negotiating and actually uh, actually start changing his mind on some of these ideas. Why not? These are great ideas. And if we can... Then Lauren Boebert, who said she's a hardline no, no matter what, on Kevin McCarthy. Now it's time to start renegotiating and considering supporting him if we can hold him accountable and hold him true to him agreeing to these terms to be Speaker of the House. Lots more coming up. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Bring some reason into your day. This is the Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Turn right, it is. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us as we do every single day. Always a pleasure to have you along for the ride today. So, the latest vote right now as I go through the 10th round of voting, <laughs> there's actually more individuals that are going towards the third Republican candidate now, Hearn, that Lauren Boebert has nominated. The current vote as they go through the 10th round here, McCarthy's at 74, Jeffrey's at 80, Donald is at four, and Hearn is at six. They're moving away from Donald's now and going to Hearn. Is Lauren Boebert becoming the leader of the Freedom Caucus, the outspoken one? And again, she needs to be open to a compromise in some way if their demands are met. We just have to find a way to hold them accountable for that, which is why I think that they uh, have are trying to go back to some of the old rules prior to Nancy Pelosi and the Democrat-controlled House before to where they can contain the Speaker of the House and some of the powers that go on there, along with only having one individual to put up a nomination to oust the Speaker if they do not like what they're doing. I love that idea. And Kevin McCarthy, again, if he's open to working together, if he's open to compromising, if he's open to uniting the Republican Party, then he's got to be open to these sort of demands. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to be held accountable by my party, and if my party does not like what I'm doing, then they can oust me and boot me out and do somebody uh, get somebody else. Because while I did not like Paul Ryan as Speaker of the House, being an extremely moderate individual, fighting against the Trump administration half the time, while I did not like his policies, I liked his stance on being extremely humble, and I would only do this if I get unanimous support. That's it. I'm not about the power here. I'm not about the control. I'm not about the oversight of this. I'm only about doing it if that's what you guys 
want me to do. Jim Jordan would be another great one, but he says he doesn't want that one because he wants to be on the Judiciary Committee to go after the investigations, which he would be absolutely wonderful at. Kind of like Ted Cruz being on the, uh, the, the U.S. Supreme Court. He would be wonderful at it. Doesn't necessarily want it, I don't think. Maybe an opportunity again down the road. And we do desperately need him in the U.S. Senate. Anyways, but right now as uh, McCarthy works his way up to 82 votes, we're still seeing roughly 10 individuals step away, which means he's already passed the five, which means he's already failed the vote for round number 10. What's it going to take you to either step aside and to move on or to be able to win the other individuals over? I do enjoy the rumor mill, though, because there's a lot of theories running around about who's making deals with who, as apparently, according to MSN and AOC, Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez, she's been in the middle of this one trying to figure out if it's true or not with the rumor mill about Republicans and Democrats banding together to find a more centrist candidate than Kevin McCarthy or having Democrats flip over to support McCarthy in concerns of him dropping out and a slightly more conservative leader stepping up. And the Democrats definitely don't want that. During the, uh, the nomination speech for Jeffries just in this last round here, they were saying how he is the unifier, meaning Hakeem Jeffries, because he's now he's been unifying all 212 Democrats and he's had this great success story and this great, you know, cool, great personal story. Wonderful. But they try to use that to win over a few moderate Republicans, which I don't think is going to work. And just as the speech from Congresswoman Luna nominating uh, Donald's this last time as well said, Republicans are not going to give Democrats control of the House even though we're having a tough conversation, and it's good to have that tough conversation. But that is one rumor that's floating around there is that Republicans and Democrats are starting to meet to find a more centrist candidate to ban together. Uh, Conservatives are a little angry with McCarthy because as they were starting to make headway with some of the negotiations, apparently they started leaking those negotiations from the McCarthy camp, and the conservatives didn't like that. There was a tweet from Congressman Scott Perry from uh, from Texas that said a deal is not done when confidences are betrayed and leaks are directed. It's even more difficult to trust. Totally unsat. I will not yield to the status quo. So whatever McCarthy's doing while he tries to be working along to win them over at the same time burning on the other end of the candle as well. And it doesn't seem to be going in his favor too terribly. We'll get some more updates from you as well as the count continues on. Harlan Allman, he'll join us here right around the corner. We'll shift gears a little bit and talk about something different for a minute. Back after this here on The Voice Reason for a pre-Friday celebration. Stay here. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. When Reason Meets Radio, you're listening to The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Having way too much fun on the radio. Way more fun than we should be doing every single day. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out with us here. Always a pleasure. Love you to death. Trying to cram that 10 pounds reason into that five pound bag. Trying to rebrand the millennial generation one radio listener at a time. So again, real quick, the latest update on round number 10 of the voting from the Speaker of the House. Kevin McCarthy at 137. Jeffries at 137. Donald's at six. Hearn at six. The new Republican challenger again now 
as well. Twelve of them have stepped away from McCarthy. Only five can do so. So again, as they go through the round of counting all 435 members, then uh, McCarthy's already lost this one. they got plenty of time to try and work out another deal to see if they can scrape them back in some way, shape, or form. Oh, the fun process. Again, like I said, sit back, enjoy it, and enjoy the civics lesson that we're getting because we haven't seen this in over 100 years. So, hey, we get to keep on learning something new every single day. Let's shift gears a little bit here. I want to talk about something a little bit interesting. What's trending today? As you know, we always talk about things a little bit more than just politics here on this program, but things a little bit deeper as well. Some philosophy, some religion and spirituality, some different different topics. Keep your mind breaking just a little bit. That's my goal here. Not just to inform you and educate you and entertain you, but to break your mind and make you gloss over once in a while. (laughs) That's what we like to do. So here's the question for you. The Fifth Horseman, anybody follow apocalyptic uh, philosophy or anybody talk about what's going on in the world today and how crazy it's been getting? The shootings, the madness, the chaos that's going on in the world today. Where are we in the world and what's going to be the future and what does it look like? Really happy to have this guy back on the program. He is the author of the book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, How Massive Attacks of Disruption Became the Looming Existential Danger to a Divided Nation and the World at Large. Excited to have back on the program with us here, Harlan Allman. Harlan, how are you, my friend? Andy, good to be back with you, and Happy New Year. I hope that 23 is far better than 22, but it is not getting off to a good start. Sure. <laughs> it's starting off rocky for sure. Well, Happy New Year to you. I'm, I'm so excited to have you back on. I enjoy our conversations. For those that may not know or may not follow this as closely, what is the Fifth Horseman, and where are we when it comes to society in the uh, the times right now? Everybody knows that the Four Horsemen of the Apocalypse, Death, War, Pestilence, and Violence. And the Fifth Horseman is a new rider who was armed with massive attacks of disruption. In fact, I would add another D to MAD to become MADB for massive attacks of disruption and destruction. Mm-hmm. We saw that over the past couple of years with COVID that claimed more American lives than were killed in every battle this country fought since 1775. We see that with violent weather patterns and storms, a huge storm that came through last week. And of course, we see disruption in the form of mad made events from cyber attacks and terror to what is happening in Ukraine and indeed is what is happening in the U.S. Capitol. And indeed, I argue that the biggest attack of mass disruption we have in this country is failed and failing government. And we're seeing that right now in how the House of Representatives is trying to choose uh, its speaker. The Constitution, Article 1, Section 2, says the House of Representatives shall choose, spelled C-H-U-S-E, a speaker. But it doesn't say how it should be done. Should it be done by majority vote, plurality? Should it be appointed? The speaker, by the way, does not have to be a member of the House. There is no qualification as to age or anything else. The speaker may not even have to be an American. And indeed, if one had a sense of humor... Under the Constitution, you could probably select a horse or a dog or even a statue to become the speaker because there are no qualifications. Now, I'm making fun of this, but this is a national security crisis. Why? Because the Congress, both houses cannot work unless both houses work, and the House of Representatives cannot work because of its ludicrous ludicrous rules that a speaker must be first chosen. That's not in the Constitution. That is not a law. Mm. And so if something serious were to happen, 
Say, for example, there's a huge national emergency, an earthquake that requires immediate federal funding. Supposing we're in a state where we're attacked with a nuclear weapon or something like that, weapon of mass destruction, Congress cannot declare war. The Senate can, but the House can't. And so if this persists, and it appears it's going to persist for a long time, and the longest time it ever persisted in our history was two months in 1856, this becomes a national security crisis. So what do we do about that? Now, I didn't make this recommendation in the book, but it's clear what we need to do is be able to appoint or elect an interim speaker so that the business of the House can continue while the actual speaker is being chosen. And it seems to me this is self-evident, can be done, and we just have to be imaginative. But as we fix the Electoral Count Act of 1887, which led to the January 6th riots over the election, we fix that by saying that the vice president has only a ceremonial role and it takes 20% of the members to challenge the electoral vote. We're going to have to fix this issue of electing a speaker because in a highly divided government, this could go on for months. Yeah. And if you listen to the rhetoric right now, you're talking, Andy, about the 10th vote. Both sides, the 20, are absolutely adamant that they're not going to change. They want to clean out the swamp. And the other 201... Uh, members of the House representative side <coughs> are standing by uh, Kevin McCarthy. And so this standoff is really, kids know the name, the game Rock, Scissors, Paper, correct? Sure. This is not a game in politics, but this is principle, expedia, expedience, and stalemate. Principle never wins. And what happens when expedience and stalemate come against the other, they're stalemate. And that's what we're seeing right now. Principle is not winning in the House, and expedience and stalemate are persisting. And if this lasts for an extended period of time, the national security implications and consequences can be huge. Nobody seems to want to understand that. Sure. It is very interesting. It's an act of massive disruption. Yeah, well, it is. It's interesting. First off, I find it fascinating that the fact that the Speaker of the House does not have to have certain qualifications when essentially... They're the third most powerful any, person no, in any. government. Yeah, they don't have to have any. And they're the third most powerful person behind the president and the vice president. They would be next in line if something happened. So that's kind of ironic. Uh, I see this as well as you talk about the fifth horseman and where we're at with you know, the end of times uh, stuff. I mean, we're, like you said, we're starting off 2023 in a biblical manner here. First off, it's a long record where we haven't seen this for this stint of time, like you said, since the mid-1800s. Uh, but we're fighting the establishment, fighting the the behind-the-scenes crookedness, the corruption in Washington, D.C., and it's caused stagnation. And I think we're almost at a crossroads, it seems like, on whether we're going to continue going down the same path we've been going down or whether something different is going to come about it, either good or bad. But it seems like this is walking right down the line of what people are predicting, isn't it? Well, I think the issue here, man, I don't believe that this is 1861 and civil war. Sure. But I've argued in my book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad, unless we change direction, two things in my mind are almost certain. Standards of living for everybody are going to decline, and discrepancies between wealth and poor and income are going to increase. Mm. And this will become an increasingly divided and divisive nation. And quite frankly, it will not be the country that you and I and others of our particular age group experienced when we were younger. And that is going to be horrible for future generations. And it's up to this generation and current generations to change that. And if we don't, then the United States 
will still be a most powerful country, but it may not be a very, very pleasant place to live. And I'll give you a further, I'll give you a further example of all the developed countries in the world, the advanced countries in the world, which country has the lowest life expectancy? Mm. The United States. Yeah. How can that possibly be? And the reason is we suffer from huge amounts of problems, socialism, obesity, drugs, gun violence, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But <laughs> people who want to say that the United States is the greatest country that ever existed, we need to take a hard look to see where we are going. This is all correctable. And I lay out any number of recommendations in my book, beginning with the requirement for all members of Congress who are voting on the bill before they do. They have to swear or affirm they have read or understood it. Because this monstrosity of a $1.7 trillion omnibus bill that was passed by the last Congress, nobody ever saw it, nobody ever read it, and nobody ever knew what was in it until after it was passed and published. That is outrageous. And if members of Congress do not have the time or do not have a system where they can read and understand legislation on which they're going to vote, they should be seeking other endeavors. And I think this is disgraceful, and the public ought to be outraged by it. Amen to that. I love it. Uh, we're talking with Harlan Ullman, the author of the book, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad. we got just a couple minutes left here before we have to let you go. But uh, in your opinion, with what you've done, with how you're seeing things, who is this fifth horseman? Is it what's going on right now under the Biden administration or a member of Congress? Was it Donald Trump coming no. in and overturning the tables? Or do you think it's someone like Putin globally? No, no, no. I, there is no real met. I use it as a metaphor. The fifth horseman is the new mad. Mm. I say in the book that the fifth horseman is carrying the new mad. The new man of massive attacks and disruption is, in fact, the fifth horseman that joins the other four horsemen in what it can do in terms of disruption yeah. and, indeed, destruction. And in some ways, it's a combination of the—it's the worst combination in the highly technical, interconnected world of the four horsemen. Sure. I love it. It's good stuff. Uh, real quickly here, do you, in your opinion, with what is going on, do you see Kevin McCarthy becoming speaker? Or what do you think how this is all going to unfold? I have no idea. I have absolutely no idea. <laughs> this is impossible to tell. Uh, you could, we've had government shutdowns before. You could have both sides being incorrigible and intangible uh, or, or unwilling to make a difference. And I don't have a guess. And I don't think anybody on the Hill has a guess. Uh, my sense would be if this were to persist for several months, uh, I think ultimately McCarthy would win. Sure. But the concessions he would have to make would make the House of Representatives virtually not relevant and the Republicans would lose any leverage they may have had, even sure. with a small majority. That is true. Harlan, we're out of time, my friend. Check out the book on Amazon, The Fifth Horseman and the New Mad. Harlan, we appreciate the time, brother. Let's get you back on again real soon. Thank you, Andy. Hey. Take care. Happy New Year. Happy New Year, dear. Lots more coming up on The Voice of Reason. Stay here. With Andy Hoosier. for freedom every day. The Voice of Reason with Andy Hoosier. Welcome back into the program. Thanks for hanging out today. Last few minutes of the program. Harlan Allman, we appreciate him very much coming on the show. Interesting conversation. Interesting conversation indeed. We'll have him back on because I, I don't know that I buy into the this is the end of times kind of thing, but I do believe that things are changing for sure. When was the last time that we've had 
stagnation in government. And I have to disagree a little bit. I like the fact that we're stagnant because, remember, if government's not working, government's not passing any restrictions or regulations on the personal freedoms of individuals. So <laughs> there is that. Uh, the vote's just about wrapped up here. I believe it's all done officially now with McCarthy again at 201, Jeffries at 212, Donald's at 13, Hearns at 7, and one individual voting present. So we're officially all wrapped up for the 10th round of voting. It sounds like they're about ready to go into the 11th immediately afterwards once they verify all of the votes here in just a little bit. So uh, I don't know if they're going to continue on tonight or whether they're going to hold off and renegotiate and do some more things and then get back at it again tomorrow. Kind of interesting. We'll keep you apprised of it as we go on. But I like the stagnation. They're not passing any restrictions on us. And if we can get even partly of the deals that we're trying to make here regarding more conservatives in the House Rules Committee and term limits on congressmen, uh, which their proposal is two terms for senators, three terms for House members, which would be six years for each of them. And then, boom, they're done. They're out. Boy, could you imagine the shakeup going on there? Now, I would include in there that it wouldn't be just for the members of Congress, but it will also be for all of their staff members as well. You don't need to be a lifelong politician outside and behind the scenes in the office either you can go get a job in the private sector let's grow the private sector a little bit let's decrease the uh public sector just a little bit within government i want to shift gears briefly for the last few minutes as we mentioned at the beginning of the program for those that may not be aware since the media is not talking about this a whole lot el chapo's son was arrested in the country of mexico yesterday last night and all out hell has broken out in the country now there are literally the cartels that are holding up airports. They are shooting at airplanes with 50 caliber rifles. They are shooting at helicopters from the military and from law enforcement. They are taking over towns. They are attacking military bases. This is a full-out war. This is a civil war within Mexico between the power struggle of the government and institutionalized system and the cartels that have been given way too much power. And that have allowed to been run rampant for years. If you remember back in 2019, they arrested El Chapo's son and there was so much hell that broke out. They took over an entire town and threatened to kill every member, including women and children that were in that community until they released him and the government abided. And they did so. Now this is happening again, I'm assuming, and I'm hoping that they have a little bit more of a plan on this front. But this really shakes up the whole immigration issue here on our border because that is starting to bleed into America. With the amount of fentanyl coming into the country, with the amount of human trafficking coming into the country, with the amount of drug trafficking or gun trafficking that's coming into the country, you know that we have cartel influence here as well. And our government is not saying a word about it. Our media is barely saying a word about this issue when that should be focal point front and center. As we went live for Ukraine, days in the mainstream media covering it live. Days. Hour upon hour of coverage of what's going on with the Russian invasion of Ukraine. That's halfway around the world. Why is that more important than a civil war literally at our border that's going to cause refugees banging at our door already even more than what we already have from Mexico legitimately legitimately to come in and say, hey, I want away from this because my family is threatened because now I have no way to defend myself. The military can barely defend us and the cartels are coming after us. I need help. And they would have an absolute 100% legitimate right. Come on over. Let's protect you and let's stop this craziness from happening down there. But it's happening. 
and we've allowed it and they've allowed it forever. Biden's grand plan is he released it today or yesterday, whenever it was, saying that he's cracking down on border issues. It's saying go back home to your country and apply for legal status and we're going to widen the path and allow more individuals to come in legally by about 30000 a month which is more than what we're even doing right now with illegal immigrants crossing the border. We're going to allow you to come in tenfold as long as you just send in the application. You go home, you submit the application, you're on a plane, you can come here, everything's hunky-dory. Don't do it at the border. We don't want it at the border. Just do it at home and we'll let you in. Almost guaranteed. That's his grand plan. Does that solve anything? I mean, I guess maybe it could solve it at the border, although it's probably not going to work because they're not going to listen because they don't know. But is that going to solve the problem? And now we have a bigger problem at the border with the cartels at war. And I'm afraid it's going to bleed over into the United States. Another thing we should be paying attention to and following pretty darn closely. That is it for us today. Podcast up in just a little bit. One more day for a Friday. Is it here already? The weekend right around the corner. We'll do that tomorrow. Until then, be your own voice of reason. It's time for you to speak up, speak out, speak loud, speak proud, speak the truth, and always speak some reason. This is The Voice of Reason. I'm Andy Hoosier. We'll see you on the radio.